0: The royal penis is clean, your highness.
1: Thank you. King shit. And here we go. It's the comic,
2: comic, comic, comic book. We're Nerd a New Bully. I'm your host, Leroy, a.k.a. the, the man who walks uh, with my co-host.
0: This is Eli, a.k.a. Uh, the Casey Jones cupcake.
1: That'll work. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: let me take this shit off my head. I was only doing this for a thumb, uh, thumbnail. That's it. Okay. Oh, shit. Okay. So, yeah, we're back with another episode, and... Eli, guess what? This may be the last week we do this crazy retro type shit, whatever. I may not uh, because.
0: Yeah. I, I was actually having fun with that. Yeah. Yeah, it was, was fun. Like
2: we to... got a chance to review it and actually do like better books than what we've been doing before because now that this is done, now we're back to Snowflake and Sna- Safe Space. So, uh,
0: for those. Yeah, that, I mean, I was reading, I was catching up on books I haven't read before and, you know, just, yeah, just going through shit I haven't, you know read yet it, it was and a walk down memory kind of lane fun. you
2: know. yeah. yeah so yeah. this thing so for the last i guess seven or eight weeks the comic industry has been completely at a standstill it's been on hold there's been no new books coming out no digital no physical nothing like that however diamond has finally got this shit together or so they say and apparently next week or this wednesday they're going to start releasing new books again so if that's the case then i guess we're back to business as usual right, we, we'll see we may say, fuck it, if it's some bullshit books, we might just go back to what we were doing before. But, <laughs> you know, until they get into the yeah. swing of things, but we'll see how it goes. Right now, we've been having fun, you know.
0: Yeah, like I was like, damn, do I have to buy shitty books again? Go back to <laughs> Right, that's the
2: thing, because we haven't been buying <laughs> shit. Even the books we've been reviewing, we haven't been buying them. Yeah. <laughs> They've been like- on Comicsology. We've just been down yeah. Or DC Universe, we've just been downloading them. And we haven't had- spent a dime on anything yet other than the subscription fee we've already been paying.
0: So. I got a stack of shit that I haven't read that's been building up for years. I'm like, oh, I haven't read this yet. And, right, you know, take it, this to the shitter with me. You know,
2: <laughs> right, just knock it out and then see. I mean, because there's so many books down the road, we could just do stuff, I and mean, we we could have did Aquaman. You know, uh, anything. You know, but we, we'll see where it goes that. But anyway. Glad you back with the episode. We got a real uh, phone for you. This is the one that I've been wanting to do since we started this shit because nobody else has done this one. This particular one that we're going to review today. But before we jump into it, we're going to jump into the house cleaning stuff that we always get into. So, uh, Eli, we got, I guess we got to talk about a, what, a death or a deaths that happened this week.
0: Oh, yeah. Some yeah. deaths.
2: And, and the first, first one we're going to talk about is uh, Fred Willard.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: Fred Willard is that guy that you see in every movie. Yeah. You know him when you see him. He passed, I, I guess it was like 80, 90, something like that.
0: Yeah. It yeah, wasn't he, from COVID. It was from natural causes. From That's I mean, he, he had
2: a run. He had a good run. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I, I could go behind laming all the movies that he named, but it's been so many movies. You know him when you see
0: really? him. Yeah. The only one I can think of is WALL-E. He was like the, the the only live person in WALL-E. Yeah.
2: You well, they're right? saying he's the only live action person in any Pixar movie. Yeah. Uh, TV shows have been like in a thousand TV shows. so
0: Yeah.
2: Even yeah. actually it's the 70s because they've been showing uh like old clips of him and he was like young, mullet, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Point star <laughs> mustache, all that shit. Wall,
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. So rest in peace to Fred Willard. And also, this was a shocker, also, uh, rest in peace to Jerry Stiller. Is that right? Yeah, Jerry yeah. Stiller. You, you, yeah. you know who Jerry Stiller is. That's not only Ben Stiller's dad. He was also George Costanza's dad on uh, Seinfeld, and he was also on The King of Queens. Uh, Queens also playing the, the, oh. the father in law on that one.
0: Okay, yeah. I so, don't know if I ever watched, but whatever. Mm. Eh,
2: it was it was okay. The wife was
0: hot. It, it, Wasn't those, he in Was he th- Was he in the Toy Story? The Potato Head or whatever? Is that maybe
2: him? I'm not well versed in Toy Story. Oh. <laughs> you <laughs> after the third made me cry I just stopped watching <laughs> uh, yeah so rest in peace to Jerry Stiller I guess we can move on from there Um. I guess shoot what else we gotta talk about before we jump into it I know there's some other stuff what am I missing
0: you got well, Tony Hawk and all that shit man yeah. that's
2: the video game shit we can talk about that I guess there is no video game shit to talk about uh, I guess
0: oh I saw it man I
2: give there you a go review? we finally got a movie review that's the thing I, I, yeah
0: I... yeah uh, it, it was released on Christmas, this past, this past Christmas. I didn't get a chance to see it in the theater. But um, yeah, it's, it showed up on On Demand and I, I rented it. And um, I, I mean, I like the whole series. I love all the Ip Man movies. I'm a, I, I love Kung Fu flicks. And I was looking forward to this one. But I was a little disappointed because Bruce Lee wasn't in it that much.
2: Okay. Was he in any uh, of the other ones?
0: He's he had a little bit like there's a little kid Bruce Lee in one of them, mm-hmm. and then the next movie he's like grown up and says I, I want to be your student, you know? Because Ip Man is about the guy who he was the guy who taught Bruce Lee, right? Um, and he's like a folk hero, and you know, and it he kind real like pictures
2: all, together and stuff, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, and each movie goes through different stages of his life. Um, this one was called the finale, I believe, and it was when he goes to America and the synopsis was he goes to America and meets up with Bruce Lee and helps him open up schools in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, Oh cool. It's it man, Bruce Lee team up. So that's what I was thinking. Right. But there was only like one fight scene with Bruce Lee and it's yeah. more about, it
2: wasn't going to be a buddy cop movie.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's more about uh, them kind of fighting racism. You know, the Chinese immigrants, it's got this whole theme of immigration. It was totally about, you know, it, uh, immigration and what immigrants have done for this country, and that whole theme. Uh, yeah, a lot, of, lot, a of, uh, um, basically battling white supremacy. Uh, the 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 one it man's one student is a marine, and he's trying to teach Itman style to the marines, but they're like, no, only karate works. So there's that that whole theme of, you know, Chinese nationalism. You know, pro-Chinese nationalism, which, I guess, created a bunch of controversy that I did not know about it until, like, the day after I watched it. (laughs) I guess the Hong Kong protests that were going on last year, I guess... With
2: Mulan and stuff, with the police?
0: With the Mulan and the police and all that. um, I guess they boycotted this movie, too. Because... (laughs) Donnie Yan and the produ- and some of the actors and the producer had like a, a pro China government stance.
2: Okay, so that's so, what I want to get. Why are so many actors having pro government stances? That's what I want to know.
0: I, I don't know. I'm not too well versed in. Chinese I, I guess politics. not. I, it'd be like I the
2: exact know, opposite of over here if every actor was a Trump supporter, I guess. I don't know.
0: I, I guess, yeah, I guess. And from what I do know, Hong Kong was its own state for many years. Mm-hmm. And then in 97, it went because it, it was under British rule. So Hong Kong, the, the island, the city of Hong Kong was its own, like Washington, D.C. It was like its own state. And it was under British rule until nine, 1997. And then it went back under China rule. And that's why a bunch of like Asian in the 90s, late 90s, early 2000s, all like Jackie Chan, Jet Li, Wu Ping, they all came over to John Woo, all came over to Cali, all came over to Hollywood and started making movies here because the you know, the, the, the laws change, the censorship laws change and shit. So that's about my extent of it. I know that the the protests were about some sort of like uh, had something to do with like the FBI uh, being able to search through your private information or so. it was something like that. That's what they were protesting about. But anyways, it man came out and all the stars and were, were like pro China government. So they boycotted this movie. They boycotted it so much that Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker beat it at the box office. Wow! <laughs> now, for, for those sure who don't you. know, yeah, for those who don't know, Star Wars don't mean shit in China. They China don't have the does nostalgia not nostalgia factor.
2: Shit.
0: yeah. China does not give a shit about Star Wars movies. All Star Wars movies pretty much bomb. In Plus, China. they said
2: when they watch, they don't even know what's going on in the Star Wars movies. <laughs> like, they're completely yeah. lost.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, they boycotted this movie, Ip Man, the new Ip Man movie, which has been highly successful, you know, for the past 10 years. It's like four movies now. This is the fourth movie. But they boycotted it where Star Wars <laughs> beat it. So I thought that was kind of funny. But other than that, it's still got really cool fight scenes. Um and there is the yeah Bruce Lee is in this one. He does have a fight scene. It is pretty cool. He's got nunchucks and shit. Um, but yeah, I I think maybe the first two are my favorites. I think out of the, out of the series. was that Mike the second, Tyson in
2: part three?
0: Mike Tyson was in part three. Yeah, he was in the last one. Yeah. When he plays the 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 mob boss buying up all the realty and tried to buy the school, and then he has the one like three minutes you. Uh, he challenges Itman to three minutes with him in a ring. Mm-hmm. So it's like a callback to you know the first round knockouts that Tyson was always knocking everybody out in. You could last three minutes with me, and they have a fight between yeah Itman versus Mike Tyson. But yeah, <laughs> uh, I liked the second one a lot too because that one had Sammo Hung, and that was like pretty much like right like Rocky four where Sammo Hung dies in a boxing ring. A bo- he gets killed by a boxer, American boxer. That was another one about Mar- American boxing. Versus Wing Chun, you know.
2: Right. Because yeah. the first one had that big Jap- Japan versus China, you know, friction yeah. that was going on there, which was in real life around that time. So back in World yeah. War II.
0: It was pretty much Fist of Fury, you know, a right. call back to Fist of Fury.
2: Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Exactly what it was. Yeah. So.
0: But yeah, yeah was... I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed all these movies. I didn't know that it was so, so controversial, but <laughs> it was still, you know, it was still a pretty cool. And, and, and yes, spoilers, he does die at the end because he he gets you he ends up dying you know it's takes I mean, they place still
2: make the movies yeah. i mean if man five yeah. just go back before the end you know
0: there's a tv series i guess going on right now in in china with him i guess there's spin off movies with characters master z who is a character in one of the movies i guess he has his own movies now and but um but yeah so yeah i enjoyed it still pretty cool
2: i mean what real life you know character gets you know four movies you know, Johnny Cash didn't get four yeah. movies. You know, <laughs> a trilogy. You know, uh, yeah, good shit. Uh, another thing I want to talk about the CW. Your favorite top, Keyle. Okay. Topic, Eli. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, because now they've released their fall They released their fall schedule and the twenty twenty one schedule also. So all of their new shows that they have right now, like Flash Legends, blah blah blah, whatever, like that. Uh, Batwoman's girl. All of that has been pushed back. So none of that is coming out this fall. All of those shows are coming gonna uh, gonna be brand new and pick up in twenty twenty one in January. And it's okay. weird because they they've all going through their season finales right now this week. Like Flash was just in the middle of an arc and just stopped. Season finale. That's it. You know.
0: Yeah. I don't know what's going on.
2: Yeah, some chick he, he fought some chick that bounced around the mirrors, he got hurt, that's it. So we won't know what happens until 2021. What happens with that? They're just just done. Uh and so what they're doing is that while wow, since all these shows have been put back, pushed back to 2021, so what they're gonna do in fall 2000, uh 2020. So they decided to pick up some shows. Uh Supernatural's gonna wrap up its season in the fall. So Supernatural is done being. But here's the interesting thing that caught my attention. Uh one of the fall scheduled shows is going to be Swamp Thing. Yeah. Yeah. But Keep in mind, this is not renewing Swamp Thing. This is not season two of Swamp Thing. There is not going to be a season two of Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing is dead. Dead in the water. It's done. They've destroyed the sets. they destroyed the costume. All the actors have moved on to other shit, so it's it's done. There is no Swamp Thing season two, because they can't afford to remake all this shit anyway. So what they're going to do is that the same shows that we saw in DCW, uh, DC Universe that we paid to see, you all get to see for free. So... But with probably
0: them. without probably without all the gore and shit.
2: That's what I'm wondering because, like I said, DC uh, Swamp Thing on DC Universe is pretty hardcore. I mean, they dropping like f bombs yeah. on there. It was pretty gory. Yeah. M-
0: motherfuckers are getting ripped apart and shit. Yeah,
2: you can't get away with that on yeah. the CW. Like, and now for Archie for Riverdale, you know, it worked <laughs> yeah. like that. You know, so it's it's got to be censored. There's no way it can't be censored. You know. Yeah so that's what i'm thinking from that one so but you know what i'm it's bittersweet I'm, I'm mad that i had to pay money to see that stuff while everybody's getting it for free but at the same time it's such a good show i'm glad people get to watch it because yeah. it's not your typical cw show which i'm wondering how it's going to work you know uh and it's not just that it's actually like all the stuff that dc universe has been pumping out is going uh
0: i heard going- like yeah Oh Doom. yeah, I heard like Harley Quinn's gonna be on like sci fi and shit.
2: Yeah, well season one. So I don't think season two, but season one definitely gonna be on sci fi. So Harley Quinn's gonna be on sci fi. Uh Doom Patrol is gonna be on HBO Max. Uh oh. like I said, Stargirl comes out next week and that's gonna be both on CW and DC Universe. So basically D C Universe doesn't have anything original just to itself. You know.
0: So and it's it, just a comic it, app.
2: It yeah, like that's selling the selling feature. I love bringing it up in arguments. <laughs> Why am I paying for DC Universe when all the shows they got comics? I don't give a fuck about that. <laughs> you know, so it's just <laughs> wasted time for that. It, it's weird because people keep comparing DC Universe to Disney Plus. That's not a fair or accurate, yeah. you know, uh comparison. DC Universe is closer to Marvel Universe, which thing yeah. nobody ever heard of, other than us. Yeah. You know.
0: It, it was Marvel Universe with movies
2: right i mean or, yeah
0: marvel yeah marvel unlimited with movies yeah
2: yeah because i mean dc universe i mean like their comic app is damn to already almost caught up with uh, as many books that marvel has on there right now and they've only been out for uh, over a year meanwhile you get to watch batman animated series justice league you know even just the cartoons you've seen over before i'm fine with that if you give me batman animated series i can watch it anytime i feel like it in hd i'm good but people care nothing about that they want to know where's the new shit you know, where's yeah. the Green Lantern show? Why can't I get that? You know, where's the Justice League Dark movie? And things like that. You know, that's that's what they want. You know, yeah. can't please everybody. Um, but Eli, the fact that all the shows are going away and even the shows that we have seen, I'm seeing shows that we were watching and movies that were on there, they're disappearing. You know, uh, The Dark Knight was on there one time. Disappeared. A lot of those DC, like you would think all those DC animated movies they had like Bad Blood and Batman versus Robin, you think they'd be on there? They're not.
0: Mm-hmm. Or
2: they'll be on there for a while yeah. and then disappear.
0: Yeah, yeah. I remember looking on there one time, like, why the fuck isn't this on here?
2: Right. It's so it's just it's just weird <laughs> shit. And then you look at the list, like people aren't even asking for like the world and it. It's asking for like simple stuff. Okay, remember that show uh powerless?
0: Oh yeah with yeah, Vanessa
2: yeah. Hutchins. And it was on mm-hmm. NBC about basically like a damaged career ripoff. We were like, okay, why can't we get that show? Like, something yeah. simple, you know. Or Beware the Batman, a, a CGI show. We're not asking for the world. We're not asking you to reinvent the wheel. Give us some shit that... no Catwoman. Fuck it. Put Cali Catwoman on there. <laughs> you know, give us something. You know. We don't watch bad movies every now and then, but we get none of that shit on there. So, I mean, I don't want the app to go away. I want the app to stay still. Um... Uh, they may keep it going. They may they may treat it like a comic book app, and may they. I think they just need to just re advertise it again. That's all. Like yeah. they're pumping up to be like this. You're getting the shows, but advertise more to comic side. Make it comparable uh, comparable to Marvel Unlimited and Comicsology Unlimited, and it, at least it'll find its audience. That's all. It's not going to be Disney Plus. Not going to be HBO Max. It wasn't designed to be those show uh, those apps. So that's my thing. Um, can move to the video game section now. Sure. Okay, we got some good shit going on right now, Eli. Remember, I told you Evo was dead last week, right? Yeah. Okay, I thought you had forgotten. <laughs> like in one ear out the other. Okay, so. That's
0: why I was surprised to see it pop up on the topics.
2: Right, because Evo is not dead. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so technically it's dead in physical form, but it lives on in the digital. So, Evo has decided to switch gears, and now it's going to be a strictly online tournament, which okay. is weird. Because, uh, like I said, a lot of these guys are trained like in person, so now they gotta train online. And the fact is, a lot of these games online mode sucks. Like, uh, okay, the biggest selling, the best, the biggest selling fighting game out right now quote quote in quotations is Smash Brothers. Smash yeah. Brothers online mode is ass. So they completely cut it from this online Evo match. So no Smash Brothers in there. Some people say it's a conspiracy. They're just trying to do that shit to get Smash Brothers out of Evo altogether. Which, hey, I have no problem with that. Uh, Mortal Kombat is back because it has good net code, Killer Instinct. Uh, all these games that they can rely on are going to be there, but it's going to be weird. Are people going to cheat? You know, how will they know? What kind of are they going to uh, have a, a weird controller to play with it? How, do, how can you stop these things? You know, mm-hmm. we yeah. don't know. So it's, it's just a, a weird mode to go with. Uh, also. Let's talk about Grand Theft Auto V. Eli, just bought it tonight.
0: Okay. For free.
2: <laughs> but it's on, the, it's on the Epic Store, so I bought it on PC, again. Uh, <laughs> I already have it on PC for one platform, which is Steam. I bought it again for a platform, which is Epic Store. Epic Store. But here's the thing. Not only did I buy it for free, they gave me $10 credit to get another game. So anybody that's right now, download the Epic. Basically, if you play Fortnite on PC, you have the Epic Store. So, download uh, Grand Theft Auto 5, get the game, boom, you're in there. Matter of fact, I think I have Grand Theft Auto on three different platforms on PC for free. I think I got it on, whatever. Uh, and also, Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk is back. They're remaking Pro Skater 1, Pro Skater 2. Eli, do you ever play those games?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Stupid fun. Super, super fun. So, mm-hmm love those i don't know what it's gonna be like because i think the last one kind of sucked but you know hey remakes I had, the thing under,
0: right? well underground was the last one i played and that, that you can like make your own character i was like a skull zombie with a mohawk and shit and unlocking all the moves and yeah those were fun you okay do your right. own soundtrack you can you know program your own soundtrack and listen to your own music and shit <laughs>
2: Okay, I, I guess it sounds good. <laughs> uh, yeah, what else we got on there? Uh, I think that's pretty much it. PS Five dropped the new tech demo; that's supposed to be out, so I thought that's pretty cool. Uh, they changed the name from the Sony Interactive Entertainment Store to PlayStation Studios, and they say their games might come to PC, so that's cool. Awesome. Um, what else we got? Last thing before we move on back, even though we should have said this earlier with the with the other stuff before we got the video game section. We gotta talk about new mutants.
0: Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah,
2: new mutants <laughs> has changed their date again. Again. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> they said they said for real this time. That's the tagline. For real. <laughs> so it's coming out in August 28th. That's what they're saying.
0: Yeah, we were we were making jokes on the Geek Savs the other night that new mutants on Indian time. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, man. So it's just some weird shit going on. Like, why, why are you doing this, kid? So, all right. New Mutants coming out August 28th, but here's the thing. Theaters are in trouble right now because people are scared to go back to the theaters. So there's going to be... So apparently the first movie supposed to come back to the theater, like the big best... next Big budget movie supposed to come to the theaters, is that Christopher Nolan movie. You know, Tenet uh, starring oh, yeah, yeah. Robert Patterson, a.k.a. Batman, who don't want to work out, so I guess we're going to call him Batman, Man, <laughs> whatever. i'm so glad nerds get pissed off at him (laughs) everything he says he pissed off nerds i love that shit uh him and john david washington aka who i like to call baby denzel denzel's son so they're starring in a movie uh christopher nolan movie and they're saying if this movie doesn't like hit big or you know blow the doors off uh they might not see movie theaters you know do anything for like the next year you know 2021
0: because yeah even in china like they they when when China first opened back up, you know, nobody went and saw movies for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, most of them were empty. I mean, that actually makes that shit. That actually interests me. I'll go to a movie theater with nobody in it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Just your look. Somebody comes in, sits right next to you, start coughing.
0: Yeah, what the fuck, man?
2: <laughs> <laughs> now you're gonna whoop somebody ass in the movie theater. It's gonna be all over the news. So.
0: And no one will be there to see it. <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: If nobody was there to whoop his ass, did he really get his ass whooped?
0: <laughs> Schrodinger, Schrodinger's beatdown. Right.
2: right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so let's let's jump into this bad boy. Let's get into it. We, we filibustered and flubbed around long enough. So what we're going to do, we're going to talk about a book that I've been wanting to talk about for a while that nobody on the internet has talked about, which almost I'm thinking people are scared to talk about it, which is weird. Uh, it's Black Panther. Now. Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah,
2: you think people are scared <laughs> to talk about Black Panther? Really? What? Yeah, yeah. Okay, let me paint the picture. Now, yes, Black Panther is the bee's knees and all the stuff like that. And yes, he uh, is on regular TV right now. Eli saw the movie tonight. I was trying to record. He's like, no, let me watch Black Panther again. Like, muted, <laughs> but okay. So, we are not talking about the Black Panther movie tonight. <laughs> so, before you think, like, oh, yes, I've seen this movie before, we're, we're not talking about that. What we're going to talk about is to go back to the Almost like the roots of where this started. Not Stanley, not
0: 1966. Yeah, that's going to make too far. I, I, have, I always forget how old this book is. Yeah,
2: yeah. This the book we're doing. Okay, so Stanley made Black Panther back in 1966. He was a big deal. Joined the Avengers, blah blah whatever. Became a D list, C list hero that nobody ever wanted to touch. So for like 20 years, he was just there in the background, didn't do anything until a writer named Christopher Priest popped up. Uh, Chris Reece is a black writer he's actually the first black writer for any major mainstream comic uh, company for DC or for Marvel uh, back in like 1983 so at the time he was actually doing like Valiant he was writing Valiant, he was doing Quantum and Wooly he was doing like comedy books and stuff like that uh, this is back in the 90s it's back in 1998 when the comic industry was pretty much was even worse than what they are now or just as bad I don't think you get much worse yeah. than you are now.
0: Yeah, late 90s, it was, yeah.
2: Pretty rough. Yeah. So, what they did, a new guy was in charge, Joe Quesada and Jimmy Palomino? Pol- Palomino? Money? Whatever his name is. Okay, so those guys, <laughs> they're in charge of Marvel Universe right now, and they're in charge to like completely revamp Marvel because everything they've done before, that age of apocalypse and all that bullshit, went out the window, didn't sell. So they decided to revamp Marvel all together and decided to make a whole new line called marvel knights where they take all their street level heroes and they take off the comics code take out the censorship and just let them go just do whatever the fuck you want to do that's birth uh where daredevil came from when well, i Daredevil came from but like they gave daredevil a marvel knights run punisher had a run punisher. I think, wasn't that the uh garth ennis run the marvel knights
0: garth ennis steve dylan yeah yeah
2: so that was all that Uh, Jessica Jones was born from there so the first Jessica Jones first there. Yeah, yeah. Ghost Rider I think Luke Cage had uh, one also Uh, so all their street level heroes started to you know get prominent so like we've done X-Men we've done Avengers all like that let's give these guys a uh, chance to spotlight so they brought Christopher Priest over from Valiant over to Marvel and they were like we're gonna give you a book and he's thinking he's coming to write Daredevil he's like "Oh, you got street level heroes give me Daredevil Give give me Punisher and they're like yeah we're gonna give you Black Panther he was like, what the fuck? Now, remember, this is back in 1998 when Black Panther was like a D-less, F-less hero. <laughs> you hero. Know? And, and he was actually like, uh, according to like the notes I've read in Christopher Priest's notes, he was actually insulted that he gave him Black Panther. He was like, first off, you're going to give me a black superhero? That won't last five issues. Nobody buys hero, uh, books with black heroes in them. He was like, no, no, that's cool, but we're going to put a spin on it. We're going to do a different take. You see him coming to America? We're going to do a Black Panther coming to America version. I'm like, huh? Okay, it doesn't make any sense. So he went home, started revamping, started thinking some things, trying to do a Black Panther meets uh, coming to America, made the pitch, and that's this book. That is the start of this run where Priestley reinvents or revamps Black Panther, which you know before. Like I said, he was back around the 60s, but a lot of the stuff that we know that's associated with Black Panther didn't get invented until this book. So really, this is really, if you want to know something about Black Panther, this is almost really the first book you need to know about it. Because from here, it pretty much writes the blueprint, and then other writers just take off from there. You know.
0: Yeah, the Dora Milaje, wasn't that him too?
2: That was him also. A lot of writers, K. Yeah. Everett Ross, that was all him. So uh, let's go ahead and start yeah. off with what, what the book is. So the book starts off, it doesn't even start off with uh, T'Challa. The first person you see in the book is K. Everett Ross. Oh, Everett K. Ross, that's his name. You know the guy that was the Hobbit dude from the movies or whatever? Uh, so here's the thing. This entire run, Christopher Priest wrote, Black Panther is not the star of the book or even the narrator of the book. Everett K. Ross is the narrator and star, a main uh, character in the book. Everything is told from his perspective. He's watching T'Challa do all this crazy-ass bullshit, and he's just saying what he doing, how awesome he is, what happened, all stuff like that. So we see... K. Uh, Ever. K. Ross in a broken-down motel an apartment building, uh, standing over toilet with no pants, holding a gun aiming at a giant rat. Now, when I mean giant rat, like a New York rat or whatever, you know, not no. a mutant, whatever like that. Why does he have <laughs> no pants? Why does he have a gun? Why is he in apartment by himself? That's later on. Because here's the thing: K. Ever. Ever. K. Ross tells this story out of order because that's how Christopher Priest wants to tell the story. This, this book actually takes a lot from a lot of 90s stuff. Like, Prison Priest was watching a lot of 90s movies around the time. He was watching Pulp Fiction. So this book is taught, mm-hmm. told all out of order because that's how Pulp Fiction was. Who so was like, I'm going to make Pulp Fiction. And it's also, oh, I forgot to tell you the main bad guy of the story. I might to tell you the main bad guy of the story. This is Black Panther versus Mephisto, the devil. So you can also say this book is also borrowing from The Devil's Advocate, which was also popular back in the 90s.
1: So, oh, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. So, this book is actually collected in one of those Mephisto stories, also, which is, they say this is one of the best Mephisto stories of all time. But anyway, let's get back to what we were talking about before. Everett K. Ever-K Ross has no pants on. He's in the uh, building. It's just him and Zuri. Zuri is Morgan, uh, not Morgan Freeman, fucking fuck up. For-
0: Forrest Whitaker.
2: Forrest Whitaker. I'm gonna catch hell for that. (laughs) He was Forrest Whitaker (laughs) in the movie, but he is not Forrest. He's not a Forrest Whitaker looking type character in this one. He was basically, if uh, Terry Crews had dreads, great old great dreads, that's basically what he should have been, you know, like a pro wrestler or something. (laughs) And he keeps saying, My client left me. Where's my client? He just jumped out the window and went somewhere. And who is the client? The client is (laughs) T'Challa. T'Challa is his client, and we'll talk about how he got, came to be there. So now we get a picture of T'Challa, and he's not in his Black Panther habit. He is in uh, a three-piece suit, all-black suit, with shades on at nighttime, and draped on his two, uh, each shoulder, on his left shoulder, two supermodel-looking chicks. One chick looks like Naomi Campbell. The other chick looks like Tyra Banks. Now, the names of these chicks is Nicole, uh, Okoye and Nakia. Yes, you know them from the movie. And they are known as the Dora Milaje. So this is the very first time the Dora Milaje has ever popped up. Eli, did you get the visual, all that?
0: I did, man. Cool. Put it back up.
2: We, we are. have we, we upped our budget. <laughs> <laughs> it took us a while, but we got there. Okay. Anyway, so this is the Dora Milaje. Now, I think I need to go into uh, detail about what the Dora Milaje is, because the movie brings it up, but they don't really say where it came from. So, the Dora Milaje Uh in Kosa or Wakanda, whatever you want to call it, is translate to the adored ones. And the door milaje are basically really supposed to be his concubines or harem. That's what they are. What they're supposed to be is that okay, Black Panther or the Black Panther of Wakanda is the king. He's supposed to pick his wife from the Dora Milaje. The Dora Milaje is supposed to be a whole bunch of them. He's supposed to just grab one out of them, marry them, boom, that's it. So he's supposed to pick his wife out of one of these. The child, on the other hand, doesn't want to do that. But he has to honor tradition because there's so many tribes in Wakanda, they give them their, their best girl out of these tribes to, you know, basically give him wife material. So they give him the most beautiful, yeah. you know, looking chick to give him. And if he turns them down, she it's going to piss them off. Exactly.
0: Be. Queen to be. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so he has to accept it because of tradition because if he turns down and says i don't want your, your you know your girl your daughter they're gonna be pissed off and it's gonna start a war so he has to do this to keep the peace so he he has the girls with him and it's not a whole army of Elijah, it's just two chicks that's it two chicks nakia nikoye that's it he takes these chicks they go with them every way he wants he doesn't touch them he doesn't do anything with them now other black panthers in the past that's a different story Child is an, uh, a nice, upstanding dude. He didn't touch these chicks. <clears throat> anyway.
0: Your royal penis is clean, your highness.
2: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> 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 all right. So they're in New York, just run, running down the street. You got Black Panther, all three suit. He got these Supermodel Amazon chicks with him right there. And then this uh, gangster is riding up in his drop top whose name Manuel Ramos just talking complete shit to Black Panther the whole time, T'Challa. He's dressed in a three-piece suit, but he knows he's Black Panther. He's like, hey, ain't you the Black Panther? Don't you like carry the Avengers bags or some shit? You a long way from uh, your, your, your kingdom because right here, I'm the king, yes, S.A. You ain't doing shit here. So T'Challa just walks up to him, takes out like an a, a amplified stun gun, hits him to the st- uh, car, shocks everybody in that shit, and then grabs Manuel Mose and then takes him to the alleyway and tells the door Milaje, all right, make sure these guys don't follow people. Make sure you do not kill these guys. Because, like I said, this is not Wakanda. This is in America. They have rules. They just can't just kill people down the street. So the door Milaje just beats the shit out of everybody else in the car. While T'Challa has some one-on-one time with Manuel Ramos. And he throws him in the alley. Manuel Ramos pulls out a knife. He's like, I'm going to kill you, pussycat man. You're dead. you fucking around with me. And all T'Challa says is, I'm going to give you one shot. Oh, hold on. The visual. Oh, I missed that. That's one of the way we're beating the shit at everybody. Okay. <laughs> this one. Aha. So this is when he says, uh, take your best shot. I'm going to give you one chance. After that, it's going to be my turn. And then he transforms, and the suit just comes on him. You know, like in the movie, you know, the suit just comes out of nowhere on him. Manual, uh, remote stabs him, doesn't do anything. And that's when the T'Challa grabs his head and takes him all the way to the top of a building, like 10 point in 10 seconds, you know, uh, and then he tells him, you work for me now. Takes out an energy dagger, stabs with an energy dagger, and, and tells him it's not gonna kill you, because I said it for stun. So it's gonna just hurt the shit out your ass. But I marked you, so anywhere you go, you belong to me now. You're gonna tell me exactly what the hell's going on. And child does this for the rest of the night. He does it with Ramos, he does it with six other drug dealers also. Not only does he uh he beats all these drug dealers up, he takes their money, takes it to homeless shelters as unmarked and steals all the weapons so when he steals all the weapons oh not that you got to do him Elijah just walking around with just guns and shit for the rest of the book you know <laughs> so that's how that happens so why is he here what's going on there let's backtrack let's back all this stuff up to begin with because like I said the to- this whole story is told out of order so the beginning of the book pretty much starts off with the reason T'Challa's here in America to begin with because he, had, he started a foundation in Brooklyn, in a, in a lower neighborhood in Harlem, not, not Brooklyn, Harlem, called the Tomorrow Fund. It was called the Tomorrow Fund where he wanted to uh, give people, you know, low-income housing to chance, you know, get their own housing. But it got taken up by drug dealers and the cartel, and the poster child that he took pictures with was, was killed. So somebody killed a child, and this we like, I gotta go from Wakanda here, and they call the whole scandal Wakanda Gate, you know, because his whole uh, his whole uh business and organization that he put his name on and his face on has been defaced. So, yeah. but here's the thing: this is all a political ploy. Because, no, I'm gonna get back to that. I'm gonna get back to that. Uh while we're still going, okay, it's so like I said, he beats all this shit, all of these drug dealers, shit like that, but while he's doing that. Let's go back to every K Ever-K Ross, every K Ross. The reason he's got assigned to him is because his boss slash girlfriend, uh, Nikki Sims, I think. Her name. I may be fucking the name up, of uh, Nikki. Anyway, Nikki says, I don't have time. I'm busy. I need you to take this case for me and take care of uh, the Black Panther while he's in town uh, because he needs a liaison to make sure that, you know, if he gets in any trouble, somebody in the government is watching him. And every K. Ross is like, man, whatever. It's, it, the dude ain't got no powers. he probably go to the Avengers and just order wings or some shit. I don't care, you know. So he's just with him the whole time. Um, but while he's back with no pants, with a gun in his hand, somebody knocks on the door, he opens the door, and it's the devil. Like, the devil devil. Oh, I don't have a picture of it. I didn't get it. Anyway, it's the devil devil sitting there waiting for uh, him to come out. There we go. So, the devil is standing at the door, fire, blazing, all this shit like that, and he just sits on the couch just waiting for him. Zuri, on the other hand, is, is asleep the entire time through the book. <laughs> Doesn't notice any of this shit. So, while the devil is sitting in T'Challa's apartment with Ever K. Ross, they're beating the shit out of drug and shit like that, getting information, and they actually go to... I think her name was... uh Anyway, the head of the Tomorrow Fund. She was actually like a church lady. You know, didn't do anything... Yeah. Uh, she helped run the foundation all of a sudden and then all of a sudden she got involved with the drug dealers and the gang bangers and she started uh, money laundering so T'Challa shows up in the, in the blue while she's sleep, and she's like right, I need some information I need a name I want, you to, I want to find out who did this shit who's behind this whole thing and she's just like I'm not telling you shit I'm not telling you anything I don't care who you are you're like okay uh, ladies and that's when Dora Milaje comes in and they start beating the shit out of her because black camps didn't hit women but they have no problem hitting women. So they beat the shit out of her and she gives all the information up and she and gets the just, main thing dressed
0: she's, up as cops too,
2: dressed up as cops. Cause that's how they sneak in there or security, whatever yeah, you like sexy cops, yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Cause Mark Tierra, uh, Tixier, what is his name? I can't remember. His art is awesome in this. Uh, so she gives up the name of the guy that's behind the whole thing. And that guy's name is Akibi. Now his actual name is Michael, Ibn Hajan Akibi. I might be fucking up or whatever like that, but anyway, Akibi
0: yeah.
2: is like a main bad guy like through the entire arc of this entire run that Priest is doing. That's like it's basically his Joker, you know. So where did Akibi come from? uh Everett Ross. Nobody knows where Akibi come from, but Everett Ross said he heard rumors. He heard rumors of a guy, a guy that was back in you know on the outskirts of Wakanda, back in Africa. Uh, he invited a rebel leader into his house that was wounded, nursed him back to health, fed him, clothed stuff like that, and the rebel leader, to pay him back, stabbed him 32 times and left with his wife. So, meanwhile, like I said, rumor to Kiwi is supposed to be this guy that got stabbed 32 times, but he didn't want to die. He refused to die, so he made a deal with the devil. And the devil brought him back to life to get revenge on not only that rebel leader, but also his wife. But he doesn't kill either one of them. Instead of killing them, he kills their whole family. He kills their teachers, their neighbors. He kills anybody his wife had contact with. Even the guy that sold her shoes, he kills them. So not only does he kill them, uh, he joins like a rebel nation like that, which starts like this ethnic war, which forces the child to like bring these guys in because he didn't want the ethnic war to get any better. So he actually. He actually invites people into the homes of Wakanda. But they bring their war with them. With pisses pitches off, uh, off Wakanda. So now you have a civil war brewing between civil war and these outsiders. And plus the outsiders are fighting against each other. And T'Challa is the only person that can stop it. But even he can't stop it. Because the thing is, T'Challa is such a nice guy that he's a shitty politician. So he's bringing these people in and he doesn't know how to stop them. And he realized that Akibi set this whole shit up to basically get him out of Wakanda. Because now that... He's out of Wakanda. Akibi is is there to basically have a coup, have a coup, and take over Wakanda himself. You know, overthrow the government. So he realized, oh shit, this whole thing is a plan to get me out of Wakanda. So even though I only plan to come here five days, I got to get back there. So while he's doing that, she also gives up another name. She, the another name she gives is, uh, I think some Ramsey. Anyway, the child killer, the guy that actually killed the child that was on uh, the face of the Tomorrow Fund. So. T'Challa finds him, sets his ass on fire, kicks him out of a window, like a 50-story window, shit like that. But before he lands on the ground, T'Challa actually jumps down and falls faster than he does, catches him, throws him in the trunk, takes him to the girl's mom, who basically says, I should kill you right now. But you know what? My daughter taught me better than that not to hate. Plus, when they send your ass to jail, they're going to do the job for me anyway. So she kisses Black Panther, and he takes him to, like, a local police that he met earlier. And it says, so he knows everything that's going on. But he knows he can't leave yet. Because the T'Challa, uh, he killed. Okay, so he caught the child killer. He knows he's behind the whole shit. But at the same time, he feels guilty about the whole thing. He knows he's been played. He knows uh, because he's been played, he got a child kill. Uh, this money laundering scheme has put Wakanda in a bad light. He's about to be overthrown. So he blames himself for the whole thing. And while he blaming himself for the whole thing, that's when Mephisto strikes because Mephisto, the devil can attack you whenever you're feeling down, whenever you're feeling, you know, despair or hurt or doubt, that's when he comes for you. So what he does, he starts throwing all these images in his face. He starts throwing all these images of his past and things he did like the time when his father died because the child blames his father for dying. Um, there's also an image of, of T'Challa hugged up with Nikki. You know, uh, K. Everett Ross's new, current girlfriend. They're hanging out. All buddy-buddy and shit. So, that's the whole thing. Anyway, Nikki is T'Challa's ex. They don't say it here. It's in a, it's in a later book. Spoiler. Uh, also going on, you know, about how he joined the Avenger, how he fought the Fantastic Four, about how his ex, he had an ex named Monica Lynn that he had to break it off with uh, because you know wakandas don't appreciate outsiders so they had to break it up for that so he's having a uh not a dream but an image of the time when they were making out and kiss stuff like that then he wakes up from the you know from the image and instead of kissing monica lynn he's actually kissing nikia the door milaje which he swore he wouldn't touch but now that he's touched them that's damn near like okay now you're engaged you 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 belong to me now So, Nakia doesn't realize he was hallucinating or tripping out. She just thinks, oh, he he was into me the whole time, and it just proves it. So They chose, yeah, he made his choice. He made his choice. So, he's like, stop the car. I got to get the fuck out the car. Okoye, stop it. I got to get some air. So, while he's getting out the car, Nakia's just like, see, I told you. I told you he loved me. Now, I got to have him, and I got to kill any bitch that gets near him. So, Nakia becomes a problem later on in the book. But that's not that's not a problem here. While T'Challa is uh, going to Black Panther mode and climbing the wall to kind of get some air to go to the rooftop rooftop. He gets ambushed by these other two guys that are dressed like Black Panthers, but in all white holding guns. And they call themselves the the Hatut Zorazi or I like to call the dogs of war. And so mm-hmm. the dogs of war are basically getting into a fight with the Chala. He holds them off. He throws energy daggers at him. He dodges bullets and shit like that. There's three more guys down there shooting rocket launchers at him and shit like that. And he barely manages to beat these guys, but he finally beats them. And when he beats him, he grabs one guy, is still conscious. He grabs him. He like, where is he? Where's where, who sent you? I know who sent you. Tell him when to come out right now. And the guy he's looking for is Hunter, AKA the white wolf and the white wolf. Is a basically a white guy in all white who's from Wakanda. He's got a whole backstory. I don't feel like getting into it right now. But anyway, everybody keeps saying Bucky from the MCU is a White Wolf. No, this is the real White Wolf. He's a real guy. He's like an anti-hero or anything like that. That's the White Wolf. So,
0: but they're but they were mentioned in the movie because I I watched the, it tonight. Yeah, they
2: were mentioned and, in the movie, uh, like briefly. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's because uh, T'Chaka's brother, Killmonger's dad. Was a dog of war.
2: Yeah, he right exactly. He was one of them. He was sent there, but he was radicalized Mm. up like that. So the dogs of war are after T'Challa. He beats the fuck out of them. That's one hundred possible because because here's the thing: the dogs of war had been in Wakanda forever, but when T'Challa became king of Wakanda, he dismissed them. He got rid of the dogs of war because he did because he knew what they were about assassinations torture, murder. He didn't want to be a part of any like black ops, you know, deals that he didn't, that went on behind his business. He didn't know about. So meanwhile, Hunter kept the thing going. The white wolf is basically sent him all, all over, but he keeps tabs on what's going on in Wakanda the entire time. So he tells T'Challa, T'Challa, the reason I summoned you, I sent the, I sent the dogs away after you because I want to get your attention. I can have a conversation with you. You got a problem. And he shows him a cell phone. Keep in mind it's 1998. Cell phones don't exist yet, so not iPhones. They have smartphones in Wakanda already. <laughs> Hunter throws him a smartphone, a, a Wakanda phone or whatever like that. Shows him picture of a Kiwi. He like, this guy's me a problem. You already know he did all this bullshit just to get you out of Wakanda. So all I need you to do, T'Challa, is just look the other way and give me the word, and you don't have to worry about this guy again. And T'Challa like, no, I'm not gonna send you down there. I got rid of you guys for a reason. If my father knew everything you were doing, he would have got rid of you a long time ago also, and that's what Hunter tells him, if he knew. There's a lot of stuff T'Chaka didn't know on purpose, and that's why he let me carry this stuff out. And if you were half the man that he was, you would do the same thing. That's why you're in the mess you in now. But because you're the king's son, I'm going to obey your, your decision. And T'Chaka corrects him like, no, I'm the king. And Hunter's like, oh, yeah, that's what he man. Okay. Uh, but anyway we know this he's not the real bad guy you know who the real bad guy is A matter of fact what happened to monica lynn you know you know his ex-girlfriend stuff like that he like and matter of fact you have a demon waiting for you back at your house and you might as well face your demons right now so basically all the demons he have right now so he knows what's going on meanwhile back at the apartment every k ross hanging out with the devil and just having a conversation <laughs> he's freaking out and that's when the devil starts talking to him he was like uh, you could be you can be comfortable around me, Kenny. And he, started, he kept calling him Kenny because that's his name, Kenny. Um, and the reason he calls him that because Everett Ross, when he was younger, like in his teens or like that, he was a fat kid. He was a fat kid. They got bullied, beaten, beat up by girls, stuff like that. His mom, she him like shit. And so all this stuff started adding up to him. And, then, and Mephisto was telling him, you know what, I can't read your mind, but I was dead with you the whole time when all this stuff happened. So, if you want to get revenge on the people that did that shit to me, all you got to do is just say the word and give yourself to me, and I'll do it. And every K Ross is like, you know what? You think. Before he can say anything, the child kicks in the door and runs right at him. And, and K Ross like, thank you. I'm about time you're here. Should I call the Avengers? And he was like, why? <laughs> he was like, why? That's the fucking devil. He like, I don't need the Avengers for him. So the child runs up on the devil and punches the shit out of him. Like that, I just, was
0: about to say,
2: guys. yeah, before it's, before it's even done, like one punch is that one punch, it's over with, just like that. So he punched the devil, knocks him out cold, and every kid is like, What the fuck just happened? You just punched the devil and knocked him out cold, that's the devil. And before he even talked, the child is on top of him right now, uh, and he takes out his vibrino claws. Now, here's the reason he's able to punch the devil because when the child comes, he, he basically he's known that Akibi had sold his soul to the devil a long time ago. So he knew eventually Mephisto was going to pop up uh, and reveal himself. Now, when T'Challa came to America, he didn't just come with the Dora Milaje and Zuri. He came with like 80 other people, Wakandans also. They're all living in that same apartment building with him. But the thing is, these Wakandans actually like Wakandan scientists and priests and all kinds of like that, that had figured out Mephisto's magic. So they've been actually to nullify Mephisto's magic for about 10 seconds. You know, they'd be able to cut him off from his magic for about 10 seconds, which is all the child needs. The only needs, like, three seconds to take this guy out. So after he punches him, stands over him, he rips out the devil's heart and throws it mm-hmm. to uh, Everett K. Ross. <laughs> so the reason he's telling this shit, so now that his heart is ripped out, he's like, okay, your heart has been separated from your body. Your body has been separated from hell. You're getting weaker, devil. You're going to die. Now, do you belong to, uh? does Zekibi, is Zekibi one of your pawns? And and did you poison Wakanda? Uh, no, nah, he was saying like, uh, so I need to, you to answer me a question: Is the kibi, does a belong to you? And you know, did you give him Wakanda? He was like, yes, Akibi does belong to me, but I didn't give him Wakanda. You gave him Wakanda, Chala, because of the bullshit decisions you've been making. So he was like, so all I need you to do, I'm gonna make it. De- I'm gonna make a decision, uh, a, a wager for you. I don't care about a Kiwi anymore. He's outlived his usefulness. I don't even care about Wakanda anymore. They've uh, used their usefulness. So if you, T'Challa, pledge yourself to me, I'll give Wakanda back to you. You're like, dude, you're about to die. It just ripped out your heart and you're you're, uh, away from hell. You're going to die anyway and I don't have to worry about you regardless. You're like, oh, is that right? So then that's when Mephisto teleports Black Panther and uh, K. Ross to hell. So now they're in hell right now. I don't have an image over there like that, but it's actually a pretty cool image. Do I have an image? Nope. Didn't have it. Cool. Doesn't matter.
0: This one? Oh, yeah. I think it's a... Uh... Oh, shit, that's the cover. <laughs> oh, here it goes.
2: Not that one. That one. That's the one, like this image of hell. Okay, so they're in hell. Matter of fact, they're not actually in hell. They're on, like, the outskirts of hell. Right before you get to hell. Uh, and before they can get there, they actually get ambushed by a Kibi. Now, whether it's a demon version of a Kibi or the real kiwi come there to fight them, we don't know, or maybe a mephistle's fighting kiwi. whatever. Anyway, Black Pants beat the shit out of them, and... Akibi runs into the gates of hell. But the thing is, if you run to the gates of hell, you know, they say you, you know, eliminate all, you know, all hope. So Black Panther didn't actually run through the gates of hell. He actually like jumps over the gates of hell. That way he can like keep his soul while he's in there. And he has a one-on-one with Mephisto, you know, and that's when Mephisto starts really playing his mind games. He was like, "Uh." no, he hits him with an image. Bam. So when he run through the gates of hell, now he's transported back to Wakanda when he was a kid. And he's given another image of when, watching his father die again. When Claw killed his father and he shot Claw's hand off, and it was a Wakanda invasion to kill all these Wakanda stuff like that. So we have a flashback of that. So the child is a little kid. He's in a, at a funeral at his father's uh, grave. I mean, his father's funeral again. And the child, as a kid, just tells everybody, Leave us. You know, everybody leaves. And then he looks at his father's, you know, casket. And he's like, all right, what do you want? And his father wakes up and looks at him. He's like, you know what I want, little kitten? I want your soul. And so basically, Mephisto has assumed the identity of T'Chaka. And he's basically telling him, uh, look, I already told you the deal. If you sell me your soul, I'll get rid of a Akibi and I'll leave Wakanda alone. And T'Challa like, T'Chaka's like, okay, you want my soul, you can have it. But I want you to take off this disguise as my father. This shit is fucking with me right now. So if I sell you my soul, I want you to uh, get a Kiwi the fuck out of here. I want you to never touch Wakanda again, and I never want to see you again. He was like, deal. So that's when Mephisto uh, takes his soul. But before he takes his soul, okay, remember we were wa- you were watching the movie, Eli. Remember the, the, the valley between deaths, where all the panther gods was walking around panthers and the, the trees and shit? The, the, the giant, astral plane or whatever, astral plane yeah. whatever like that. They go there. They go to that place. But Fizzle doesn't even realize they're there. He's like, "How the hell we get here?" He's like, "Ah, you weren't paying attention." Okay, you want to have my soul? But here's the thing: I sold my soul to Bass a long time ago when I became a Black Panther. And not only did I sell sell my soul to Bass, every other Black Panther sold their soul to Bass also. So if you get me, it's a package deal. You get me. You get Bass. You get every Black Panther that ever lived before. You get all of them. He was like, hey, there's no panther god. There's no such thing as bad." So he was like, yes, there is. You just weren't paying attention. So Mephisto's just like, okay, fuck it. That's the deal. So he grabs one of the, like, the panthers walking around, because every panther that's walking around is actually like a, 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 visual, a representation of a past black panther, you know. So he grabs one. He's like, yes. Yes, more. Give me more. Kevin Ross outside. I think they're making a sex tape or some shit. He, I don't know. He don't know what the fuck's going on. So it's too much power at one time because it's too many Panthers, uh, it's too many souls, and the thing is, Mephisto is still weak because his heart is still back at the apartment back on Earth, so he's not at full strength. So all the Panthers are just flooding at him at one time, uh, giving him too many souls, and he's just like, look, y'all coming at to me too much, y'all coming at to me too fast, this is too much input I'm having right now. Uh, T'Challa, you need to stop this, otherwise if I die, all the Panther guys in Bat's gonna die with me. I mean, T'Challa, like, Okay, fine, die. He's like, I tell you what, i release you from our agreement. Well, it's not going to be that easy. If you release from an agreement, you still got to honor your deal. So let's back this up. T'Challa, Black Panther, went to hell to make the devil sell him his soul. So that's what just happened. So Mephisto canceled the deal, gave T'Challa back his soul, and basically made a deal that he'll never see him again. So he went back to uh, he went back to the ho- hotel, the apartment, grabbed his heart, put it back in his heart, and said, "Fucking mortals," and left. Never see me. Was it again. like
0: was was it wasn't? Uh, uh, who is it? Wasn't. Zuri, like, eating it and shit?
2: Yes, <laughs> because Zuri, fi- it's been five issues. Zuri finally yeah. wakes up, like, I'm hungry. Wakes up. Yeah, because Ross didn't know what to do with the heart. He stuck in the refrigerator.
0: He put it in a pickle jar. He put it
2: in a pickle jar, <laughs> in a pickle jar and stuck in the refrigerator. <laughs> so Zuri is like, I'm hungry. I need something to eat. He goes into the refrigerator, sees the pickle jar, grabs that, and just start eating the heart, just like, I mm, need some hot sauce or whatever, and, and just keeps eating it, you know? <laughs> And so, well, and so that's when Mephisto, when he finally comes back to the apartment, he snatches his heart out of Zuri's hand, half-eaten heart out of Zuri's hand, and just like, I, I can't stand you mortals, and then and then just leaves, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so, well, that's all going on. uh, to so, so, now everything's done. T'Challa has caught the child killer. He's found out, Uh, he, he's gotten rid of every drug dealer that corrupted the Tomorrow Fund. Uh, he put them all out of business. Uh, you know... So his business in America is done. He can he he find out that Akibi is behind the whole thing. So he can go back to Wakanda, beat the shit out of Akibi and be done with it. But there's a hiccup. He gets on the phone with the Queen Mother back in Wakanda. And she says, Yeah, so while you were doing all that business fighting the devil and shit like that, so yes, when you beat the devil, Akibi's army did get weaker. But all they did is make it a stalemate. So instead of the beating the shit out of us, it just made a stalemate. So in order to keep the peace in Wakanda. I had to make a deal. So the queen mother tells Achala, I had to make a deal with Akibi that he shares half Wakanda with me and we run Wakanda together only in one condition. You can't come back. Like what? Yeah, you have to stay in America. You can't come back to Wakanda because if you come back to Wakanda, it's going to be all out war. That's the only way we can keep the peace. And Achala's like, well, I guess I'm stuck in America for a while. So when we go back to queen mother, she cuts off the camera. And she turns around. She's smiling, and Akibi is standing right behind her. The end, or to be continued. You know. Yeah. So that's the first five issues of that book. I uh, have to digest. What I did want to break down is that all the stuff that that happened there for the first time. Because, like I said, um, I did want to talk about K. Edward Ross for a second. We didn't talk about K. Edward Ross, but if you read the book, the whole book is about him. That's why he was in the movie because. His appearance in the comics is so important; they have to stick him in the movie. So, why is he the most? Eli, you tell me why is Ever K. Ross the most uh, the the star of this book? There's a reason. I just Uh, want to know if if you cut it. So,
0: so people will read it. (laughs) It's about white. That is exactly
2: why. That is exactly why. (laughs) That is exactly from Christopher Priest why he made Ever K. Ross the star of this book. So white people will read the book.
0: Yeah, he's he's the interpreter. He's He's
2: interpreter. Because no. basically, when, uh, like I said, if let's 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 just call it a spade a spade, let's just say what it is: comics are written for a specific demographic—white young males. That's what they're made for. So, if a white young male, if that's your main target demographic, buys a comic book about a black superhero from Africa, nine out of ten they're gonna not gonna buy the book. But mm-hmm. if they see the book and it's a white guy narrating the book, it might get the book a fighting chance. So. Especially if he's, if the whole book is told through his point of view. So they can identify themselves through every K. Ross. But here's the thing. Christopher Priest actually, I think, made him like played a, a practical joke on everybody. Because he made every K. Ross the, the main character in this book. But he also made him the wimpiest beta male you cuck that you ever met in a book before. Like I said, mm-hmm. his his girlfriend is Black Panther's ex. And he didn't even know this. You know, every time you turn around, he's doing something that makes himself look like an idiot. Half the time in the book he didn't even have pants. So Christopher Priest, yes, he's giving you what you want, but at the same time he's kind of making fun of you at the same time.
0: Yeah, yeah. I got that. I got I really got the sense that, yeah, it was it was he was totally making fun of white people.
2: Yeah, <laughs>
0: but like I said, but if you
2: read the book, you know you think it's funny, but it's definitely. But if you know that a black guy is writing this book, it kind of comes off yeah. like you know I don't know. You know, but there's a lot of that.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of that commentary where he's you can tell he's taking a dig at a lot of things at a lot. At, you know, culturally at the time, comic books at the time. How you know? You know? Yeah, the, commenting that black nobody gives a shit about Black Panther. He has no powers. How the hell did you punch the devil out? you know, all that shit, you know.
2: Right, which is another Um, thing um, that I like when black writers write Black Panther. Because when black writers write Black Panther, they make Black Panther, like all this prep time Batman does, they take the shit to 11. Like I said, (laughs) in this book, we have Black Panther punching out the devil, going to hell to make the devil sell him his soul. Uh, We don't even talk about the shit that Reggie Hudlin has him doing. Like I said, beating the shit out of Captain America. You know, they had him getting death threats. Or when Dwayne McDuffie had Black Panther beat the silver surfer in a fist fight. the silver surfer so that's the type of shit you see you don't see that shit you know uh back in the 70s when he was like a d-less F-less character that had no powers he was just uh he was just a guy you know a gymnast you know but like i said when any time a black writer gets him he just does this outlandish insane shit they're just like what the hell you know so yeah. that's that's the funny thing about that Um uh, and like I said, the door Melange, like I said, the two of them, they were actually were based off Naomi Campbell and Tyra Banks. They said that, you know, also in there. Uh, and the whole book is a subversion on Black Panther. They, they wanted to make Black Panther like a, like a cool character. That's why he doesn't show up in the suit to begin with, because I guess they, they wanted to make him look cool, you know. Um, they make fun of him because they said, oh, you, the, the, everybody keeps saying, like, you need the Avengers, dude. You ain't shit without the Avengers. The Avengers are nowhere in these first five inches. Matter of fact, they don't even show up in a book, I think, until like the ninth issue. And they're only there for a reason, I so say, you quit the team.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, so, oh, uh, yeah, like I said, Eli, it, this, that, like I said, this isn't my favorite Black Panther arc idea, but I did want to do this just to, you know, lay the groundwork and lay the blueprint of it. Because like I said, there are better runs we could have done. Uh, Reggie Hudlin had some good runs where he teamed up with, Black, uh, with Luke Cage. Hell, one of my favorite Black Panther writers probably Jonathan Hickman. You know, we could have done one of those books. Mm. You know,
0: well, I mean, I I know, and I remember reading the Reggie Hudlin, that one story that he wanted that he wanted that he wanted that to be the movie, and I think that's what he based that animation show off of.
2: Right, right. Um, Like I said, he was head of BT at the time, so that's what that basically he was writing a screenplay, basically.
0: Yeah, but this one, yeah, this one. If you're if you haven't read Black Panther before. This one, Christopher Priest's run, is really—it's it, it, not for newbies, you know.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, the thing you know. is, I wouldn't say it's not for newbies of like Marvel. I think it's for new newbies who haven't aren't familiar with comics, because, like I said, the story is all over the place. Like yeah. I try to tell it as straightforward as I could, but if you read the book,
0: but like, but what I'm, yeah, like, but it's like it's told in this non-linear structure, mm-hmm. but he's also cramming all this origin story into that like yeah he's the, he's showing you this whole he's basically mapping out wakandan culture mm-hmm. and all you know the, the you know the royalty he's making reference to tribal warfare and uh just the history of wakanda and that's a lot of, a lot to digest especially just in these five just in this this five issue story and then to tell it in this non-linear structure it could be it can be a little convoluted. Yeah. I mean, like I said, because you
2: know? he was trying to mimic Pulp Fiction. He was definitely trying to. Matter of fact, yeah. when uh, every every K. Ross is driving in his in his in his convertible, he's listening to Jungle Boogie, just like they were in yeah. Pulp Fiction.
0: Yeah. 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 And he's making reference. Even she just says, what are you, Tarantino? Tell, tell me what happened. Go back to the beginning, you know. Right. You know, when she's, she's, he's telling her the story, you know. And that's the thing. I think I, you know, rereading it this time, I, I caught, I was able to digest it a little better. Because mm-hmm. the first time reading this, I was like, "What the hell?" And I didn't even read the whole run. Right. I only made it to like the first twelve issues, you know. I,
1: I'll be and honest. I, I, I'll
2: be honest. The run gets a lot better once you once you get past yeah. this. The run gets a lot better because there's a lot of, but you you have to read the entire run to get it. That's the thing. Reggie Hutland was writing screenplay. Everything he did was yeah. a movie pitch. While Chris Reprice was writing a comic, he was writing. A a serial, you know.
0: He's building, he's world building. He was world building. He uh, definitely
2: was world building because before the run is over with Mbaku shows up, Claw shows up, all those guys are here. You know, he fights like Spider-Man role. guy. The very next issue he fights like Craven, you know. Mm -hmm. All this stuff is there, but you have to get through this because and that's the thing. We couldn't we couldn't review those issues, Eli, because if we just jumped into those without this, it would have been we'd have been lost.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm really seeing like, yeah, the the movie was essentially this what what he was making you know all the stuff in the movie is basically in this in his run mm-hmm. you know it was like a blending a it was a little blending of Reggie too but I think mostly this was Christopher priest the movie was basically everything Christopher priest put into yeah uh, even his, even though his, Christopher his priest
2: was really more a less and this this issue is really more like a crime drama like this is probably the closest Crime drama that Black Panther have given because nobody's ever written Black Panther like that before. He's only been in, in two types of stories, either in Wakanda or with the Avengers. That's it. So yeah. as far as him being in New York, just being like a like a Daredevil type character or a Luke cage type character, there's never been dumped the character before. Like why nobody ever did that before, who knows? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they really show off what kind of technology. It's a lot of what kind of technology that's never been shown before because, like I said, they had iPhones before iPhones were invented you know uh the energy dagger which why the fuck that is not in the movies that is a cool (laughs) ass weapon you know Uh, black panther suit being bulletproof that's actually the first time being a thing in this run that was never a thing before
0: that sonic audio gun or whatever that ulysses claw had Mm -hmm. um in the so is that my my one thing my one gripe gripe. i got to say is when it was in that flashback where U- Ulysses Claw is fighting T'Chaka back in the day, mm-hmm. and he breaks out that that sonic weapon and starts laying waste to everybody. Yeah. And there's that. Where is it now? Um. He he says, you know, at first, at first Ulysses Claw looked like Custer at the Little Bighorn, but moments later T'Chaka looked like Sitting Bull at Wounded Knee.
2: I was going to ask you about that because I, <laughs> just what little bit about sitting,
0: that. Yeah. Sitting Bull was never at Wounded Knee. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, was, sitting bull, yeah, Sitting Bull was killed in Standing Rock, where Standing Rock is actually. Okay.
1: Well, let me <laughs> by, ask you by, this. Tri- by,
0: okay. by tribal police, yeah. By, okay. by uh, other Indians killed him.
2: Okay, right. Uh, that's, what, that's what I'm going So, like, is that like a misconception that people get wrong and you're just correcting it? Or is it just he just completely just missed the boat
0: on it? I think, I think he probably got – he might have thought he was Bigfoot, mm-hmm. Chief Bigfoot, who was killed at, at Wounded Knee. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, Sitting Bull had the ghost dancers, all that. Yes, he, he – that led – like, Sitting Bull was killed, like, two weeks before Wounded Knee happened. Um, so this was all a buildup. But, yeah, I just, like, wait, wait. Sitting Bull wasn't at Wounded Knee, my point being.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, okay. I'm glad I you cleared was, that up because I, I know when close. I read yeah. it I was like, I need to, I need to. Matter of fact, I was gonna take notes on the entry about that, but I got to take notes about that. So.
0: Yeah, but then I do like how you know they they stripped them of their of Claw's army, and all of a sudden Claw's army looked like the Backstreets boys surrounded by the Wu Tang Clan. I thought that was <laughs>
2: <laughs> and their cousins. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and that's the thing uh so chris and that's the thing about this book is that it's actually got some humor in it even though it's it's a weird type humor because yeah chris priest writing two books at this time black panther was one and the other book was deadpool and i think sometimes he got the books kind of confused sometimes because his deadpool run is almost like this like if you put them like you can actually almost like read them side by side matter of fact they even have like a crossover like Deadpool and Killmonger fight each other, then realize they're both insane nut jobs, and actually become friends. So, <laughs> like in one of the other books. So, uh, yeah, like I said, this is, I don't know, Eli. I, I Honestly, if you're wanting to jump into Black Panther, I probably still would recommend Reggie Hutt, Hutland's run first. Yeah. Because Reggie Hutland run, for the most part, ignores everything Priest did. Like, he pretty much just started from ground up and didn't care what Priest did or anybody did, for that matter. He writes his own story. And I think his writing style is easier for people that don't know, that aren't familiar with comics or their first time from a comic. It's easier for their first comic. Where Christopher Priest is writing crime noir, where it's heavy narration, you know, heavy dialogue, uh, Mark Texaria, whatever his name is. His art is beautiful, but sometimes it's so detailed you can kind of get lost in it sometimes.
0: Yeah, it, it, it can get a little. It's, it's and like again, I think because I read this digitally, again, mm-hmm. both times I've read this digitally, like I, I, I have the guided view. So I, it puts the panels in order for me. And which so you, bubble you can to see is
2: individual panels, right? Yeah. Uh, so, but, but if you're just yeah. looking at it, just a huge layout, it can yeah. be tough to get into something. You know what? I actually read a uh, review, it. like we did Kingdom Come last week. Some people uh-huh. said were saying the same thing about Kingdom Come. You know, yes. like, Alex Ross' art is beautiful, but because it's so detailed and so, you know, that if you just yeah. read it like it's just one panel, it can sometimes be confused. It just didn't jump at you like a regular comic would. Yeah. And I feel the same eye, way your, about this Yeah.
0: One. Your eye wanders and, you know, like... You
2: know. <laughs> right. Where if you just had a traditional yeah. comic-style art, it would just, just pop out at you like that, you know? Yeah. So... Like I said, if you wanted to get some real detail about where this whole Black Panther thing started, Christopher Priest was the real thing started. Like I said, Christopher Priest is the first black writer to get Black Panther. And pretty much after that, they tried to continue the trend of keeping black writers on Black Panther to kind of continue the trend. Now, not all the time. Like I said, people jump in, and there's some pretty good stories that have been coming out from that also. Um, here's the thing, like I do, I, I guess we get to the end of the podcast. Can I mention one thing that I don't like? I mean, just about yeah. what has been going on with the character in the 2010s. Yeah. Now, like I said, we've had Christopher Priest, we have hit Richie Hudlin build T'Challa, like rebuild from the ground up. Uh, they've turned Wakanda into this, you know, civilization that never been conquered, anything like that. Meanwhile, when they get off of it and you get these no-name writers jumping onto it, like when X-Men versus Avengers and all this other bullshit and Doom War, the first thing they do is want to destroy Wakanda or take Black Panther down a peg. Or have it conquered, wiped off the planet. I don't. I don't like that. I, that's just me. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to get too political. I'm just saying. I that that rubs me the wrong way. I just like you know, and that's kind of why Coach got on my nerves also.
0: They're the they're the yeah let, let, yeah Black Panther becomes a black person in a horror movie.
2: <laughs> exactly like we just stopped doing that shit. You know, back in '90, now you're gonna do. That's exactly what it turns into. You know, yeah. or he gets his ass beat by some random Joe Schmo like uh, Baron Zemo knocks his ass out and conquers Wakanda by himself. Like, no, no, yeah. no, that shit, that's what happen.
0: Yeah. yeah, I see that all the time with like, you know, like, like Warpath showing up in the X-Force books or whatever, right. and he doesn't say anything. He get he's the first one to get punched and get taken out. And, and then Wolverine comes and beats everybody up.
2: Right. You know? <laughs> but what if a Native American writer wrote X-Men?
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: Warpath would you like, everybody stay For, home. Yeah, I have Forge, this.
0: Yeah. Forge, Warpath, Danny Moonstar. <laughs> Danny all Moonstar. On
2: the <laughs> Come on, Galactus. We're going to beat your ass. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Fucking Warpath whipped, slapped the shit out of Galactus with his dick.
2: Right. Thanos, (laughs) bring it. (laughs) He just stand over like a Squirrel Girl. Pick Danny Moon just stand over Squirrel. Uh, uh, Thanos just like that was easy, you know.
0: Yeah. Shit. Fucking. Yeah. Fuck. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Danny Moonstar would just like make. Thanos see like death and shit like right and, and, and that's like, the thing that's the th- make Thanos cry or some shit yeah and,
2: and the thing <laughs> is I'm trying to make a point with this because I just want to know I just want everybody to know that these books at the end of the day are power fantasy they're only power power, power fantasies for people that read the books also power fantasy people that create these books also so that's the thing like I said you got um uh, like I said when Stan Lee was writing Peter Parker like that that's a final fan uh, uh a power fantasy for him. That's why he has him doing all this outlandish shit. Or anytime somebody, you know, that's patriotic, get their hands on Captain America, and you know, doing all this wild ass crazy shit like beating Hitler and fighting Thanos like that because it's a power fantasy for them. So anytime a writer gets a book, a writer is going to have a favorite character every time. And they're going to make that character, you know, just do impossible shit. Like anytime somebody gets Batman, you know? Yeah. So.
0: Like Jim Lee and Psylocke, you know?
2: <laughs> he loves fucking Psylocke. I think we're the only ones that notice that shit, Eli. <laughs> he did it right in the nose and nobody noticed. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> oh man. All right. Uh yeah, like I said, that's that's it with the Black Panther book. I hope everybody, you know, was listening, stayed in tune with it. Definitely go back and read it if you get a chance. Uh the trade is out. The trade is called The Client. You can get the whole ultimate collection, like the first 17 issues of it. The 17 issues is a complete run off to let you know what happens going on from there. And it's you know, it's pretty interesting you know
0: yeah i got the whole complete run on Comicsology.
2: yeah and the thing is when you get deeper into the uh Priest black panther run now we always people always make fun of black uh black panther that they call him the black batman oh he's just batman but from africa you know the thing is Christopher priest actually leans into that because like i said akibi is the joker and he becomes basically really like the joker the further the book goes into it like it's, it's no different. They even... Chris Reed even tells a future story like The Dark Knight Returns where T'Challa comes back and when he comes back, Akibi wakes up or some shit. Like, it's, it's really... Uh, Ross is dressed like Robin. You know? He really leads into this shit. You know? His You know how Batman's cape, like, when he jumps, his cape's, like, all flowing and shit. Like Panther had yeah. that shit also where the cape just flows when he just jumps and shit like that. So they were really leaning into making them Black Batman around that time. They kind of... I don't say they got away from it, but they you could tell where the influences were at the time. So, yeah, I think we've talked enough about Black Panther. <laughs> I know people are upset we didn't talk about the movie, whoever's listening to this, but you've seen the movie. <laughs> There's like 50 yeah. million reviews about the movies, good or bad, or whatever. We've done 50 million reviews, good or bad, about the movies. That's why we didn't talk about the shit. We wanted to get into the comics, talk about a book that nobody's ever talked about before. So... Yeah, if you listen this long, definitely like, share, and subscribe. We have other podcasts. We have uh, – Eli, hit him with it. What what all 50 million podcasts you have?
0: Just Geeks, Avs, Riddle of Steel.
2: Oh, and this one. Oh, ain't this one. Okay. And this one. <laughs> that's <the laughs> that's
0: one. all oh, I'm doing
2: now. <laughs> cool. Uh, and we also have Comic Cast. Um, like I said, Comic Cast has a book. Get Valiant has one. This Geeks and Comics or a shit talk show. Okay, Boomer, are they still doing a thing or are they just – you know,
0: I haven't seen anything.
2: Okay. They probably sleep. seen anything.
0: I haven't seen anything.
2: No telling. <laughs> uh Wrestling Council, they're going going strong, you know. Uh files are not back. We don't even know if football's going back, but hey, we'll see what happens going from there. And yeah. Boom uh not Boomer. Boogie and Adam Waiter Adams have another podcast. Called the Boogie and Adam Waiters Adam Show. The Boogie and Adam Show. So they got that. Uh just a lot of just a lot of fucking podcasts. I'm trying to do a streaming show, Eli. I saw your message the other day. You caught me on the worst streaming day.
0: <laughs> and they put me on
2: a bad mission where I completely forgot everything that happened. That's why I sucked. That's what I always happens. When nobody looks at you, <laughs> oh, you're yeah, doing...
0: I forgot about that.
2: I know. When, I that, when nobody's looking, you do fucking 60, 70 hit combos. When somebody's looking at you, then you fucking up and keep dying over and over again. That's it happens yeah, every yeah, fucking I, I, that's time.
0: that's what I saw. <laughs> I scrolled down just in time to see you die as Batman. And I, <laughs> no, I saw no, the as level soon as you up, clicked like, off. Level, you got level up, dude. <laughs>
2: That's how it always happens, but I hate that shit. So yeah, uh, Eli, this is episode one forty nine. Oh shit! Yeah. Oh, shit. So so next episode is one fifty. We got to do something. We got to celebrate something. Blow cake, uh, blow candles, or cake or something.
0: Order, order a pizza or
2: something. <laughs> shit, I don't know.
0: Should we have Gomer on? And should we get to see if motherfuckers want to come on and shit or something?
2: Okay, Cliff with a fish fry, or fish fry or something. I don't know something.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll do something. We'll, we'll, we'll hash yeah. this thing out. So, yeah. uh, Yeah, definitely fool with us next week. Next week's going to be a big 150 when we're going to blow this bad boy up and kind of go from there. Uh, I may fool around with this thing. Don't worry, i have the technical difficulties all ironed out by then. We had some issues this time, but we're going to be good next time. So, until then, this is Leroy. This is Eli. We'll talk to you guys next week. Same bullet time, same bullet channel.
1: I feel like a prince, I'm feeling myself I'm loaded with bills Cause I wasn't blessed with no Uncle Phil Don't know how it feels I wanted to flex, they told me to chill I'm making a flip, my life is a flick Now load up the flip. You feeling like me? I feel like a prince that turned to a king Found me a queen Started a family and got me a team On top of my dreams Join her, I know you inspired by me Like I was inspired by Nelson Mandela I give him a rose for every endeavor A shout out to Julia Serving One of the legends I worship Muhammad Ali put to work and He was the champ, the greatest he earned it I love that you think that I'm perfect But I had plenty mistakes and burdens My grandmama thought I was worth it She always guided me when I was searching I wouldn't be me if it wasn't for her I wouldn't be Willie I couldn't be me if there wasn't no Eddie I wouldn't be Will if I wasn't from Philly Ain't nothing much that you really can tell me Willie been cold since Benny and Jerry Must have forgot that I really get they done forgot who invented get jiggy. Hey. God. Back before there was streaming sales Way before all the iTunes and the fans had to get CDs still Sixty million records sold, I was on fire, I ain't even need a grill Did it all with no cuss words, I ain't had to curse just to keep it real Me and Jazz in the late 80s, writing rhymes, making tapes daily Fresh prints make the babes crazy, rest in peace to James Avery Even when the streets call me corny, I still ain't never let the hate break me I just wanted the respect first, I still ain't never letting fame change yeah. me Knew me, but I'm old school. Big Willie on the Pro Tools Still fresh and I'm so smooth I still got on my old shoes I give Jay the 1000 kisses Ain't nothing changed since O2 Martin Lawrence get a rose too He a legend and a GOAT too Man I love how you break the rules Pushing limits and you make it cool Join a Lucas wasn't made to lose You a legend and a making too What a beauty my life's a movie I swear I'm only on take two All my kids turned out great And I know your son gonna be great too Brick by brick Building a wall that no one could break Flip by flip, Flip flip. glad I could help so you could be straight And life's a trip, but who could relate? The legends are gone, but it ain't too late To give them a rose and carry the grace Cause not every hero is wearing a cape I'm feeling like Will, I feel like a prince I'm feeling myself, I'm loaded with bills Cause I wasn't blessed with no Uncle Phil Don't know how it feels, I wanted to flex They told me to chill, I'm making a flip My life is a flick